Young adults, how we doing tonight? Good, good. Hey, if it's your first time, we're so glad that you were with us tonight. And if you were at conference, we're so glad that you joined us. Um, but would you real quick, just give a quick hand to our team. They serve so well at conference this week. We're so proud of them. Well, I want to start by asking the question, have you ever felt like life shook you up? That maybe you were on the wrong side of the Muhammad Ali fight, that life kind of rocked you uh, to your core. Uh, I kind of want to start off by sharing a couple stories of times that life rocked me, uh, shook me up a while. So if you know me, I was from a small town in Texas. Um, shout out to Granbury. Some people from Granbury there tonight. Um, and if you've ever been to Granbury, there's really not much to do. Um, there's nothing to do. So moving to Springfield was like a big deal to me. I was like, man, I'm moving to the big city of Springfield. And some of y'all are from St. Louis and Kansas City. And you're like, man, I have to move to the small town of Springfield. But I, I was like, man, I get to do so many more things. But back in Granbury, there's really not much to do. So during COVID, whenever the shutdown happened, something that was really popular for me and my friends to do was just go drive around, drive around aimlessly through Granbury talking. Um, not much purpose, but just being together, driving around. And it usually would conclude with going to McDonald's whenever they had all-day breakfast. Does anybody remember all-day breakfast at McDonald's? That was a special season of life. Special season of life. Um, because you don't really go to McDonald's for their burgers, and I'm personally just not the biggest fan. Of, like, their fries are great, but um, you, you go for their breakfast. Their breakfast is the best thing about them. So whenever they got rid of all-day breakfast, I will never forget, I was in a car with my friends, and we drive up, and we're like, hey, we'll take five sausage biscuits between the five of us. And they're like, we are so sorry. And I thought they were going to say their ice cream machine was broken or something. But uh, they said, we actually do not no longer carry all-day breakfast. And boy, howdy, my heart sunk into my stomach. I was sad. I was upset. I was angry. That one shook me up uh, just a little bit. But on a more serious note, another time that life kind of shook me up a little bit was actually whenever I got a call back in fall of 2021, and my grandpa told me that he was getting sick, that he just had found out that he had a lip tumor in his liver. Uh, that shook me up. I was sad. I was frustrated. I was angry. And I didn't really know how to respond. I think so many of us go through seasons of life where life just shakes us up and it shakes us up to our core. For so many of us, that can look like a change in season. Maybe you're leaving high school, going to college, or leaving college, going to post-grad, starting your career. It could be a change in routine. How you get ready every morning, the way you go to work is changing. That throws you off and shakes you up. You now have to sit in traffic. Your location, maybe it's moving eight hours from home. That's something that scares you and that shook you up. Maybe it's a change in job. You go from go having a job that you really love to a job that you don't really like so much. Look at change in comfort, a change in control. I think also life shaking you up can look like um, losing a friendship, losing your people, your community, losing a relationship, losing your family dynamic that you've tried to save so much. Maybe your parents got divorced, or maybe you had a brother or sister that up and left. Or it can be a loss of a loved one like I just shared. Uh, life shaking you up could look like a change in your mental state uh, or your thought life. Or maybe it's just because you keep getting in arguments with people. Life shaking you up could also be a good thing. It could look like a good thing. Recently, I got married. Shout out to my wife. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That was a good shaking. That's kind of like the shake up I'm going through is learning how to be a husband and not just a boyfriend. Um, some of y'all get that. Some of y'all get that. Um, life shaking you up could look like having children. That's an exciting thing. Graduating college, starting your career, getting to a place in life that you've worked so hard to get to. I also think life shaking you up could just be a simple life circumstance change. 
Or maybe it's something very hard, complex, and difficult that you're having to face. I say all this to say this, that whenever life shakes us up, it throws us punches, it rattles us to our core, it promotes an opportunity. Now, I believe it firmly promotes an opportunity to stay grounded in our faith, stay grounded in something that is true, or to respond in sin. We see two examples of this in the Old Testament. The first example we see is Moses. Moses got to lead the nation of Israel out of captivity in Egypt to the promised land. It was a big shakeup. It was a 40-year shakeup. And as Moses is leading them out of captivity into the promised land, God gives him a command, and he disobeys it. He responds to his shakeup in sin. And we see if we read back in the Old Testament that Moses' sin had a consequence, that he was not able to go into the promised land that he was leading them in. Next uh, example we see is Job. If you've ever read the book in the Bible, you see that Job's life was turned upside down. You can see that his life, he was taking everything from his wealth, his possession, his family, and even his health. But through all of his life shakeup, life getting to him at his core, he sought God and responded in obedience and trust. In fact, the book of Job says towards the end, Job responds saying, I had only heard about you before, but now I've seen you with my own eyes, saying, that in the circumstances he faced, he saw him through them. The end of Job also says that then he died an old man who had lived a long, full life. And though his life rocked him to his core, the Bible still says that he lived a long and full life. That's so interesting. Because so many times whenever life shakes us up, it kind of takes a toll on us. Some people might say, man, that that whole situation took years off my life. But we see in the Bible... Job, who goes through all these different things that he died living a full life. The other day, I was headed to my friend's apartment to watch football, and it's 10.30 on a Saturday morning, driving up 65. You would think there's no traffic. But for some reason, around the Sunshine exit, I'm driving, and it all of a sudden looks like it's the five in Los Angeles. It's crowded, it's packed, it's bumper to bumper. And the first thing that I do is immediately start looking for an exit, because it's like, maybe I can take some back roads to get back to the main road. And so many times whenever life shakes us up a little bit and we see a storm of life right in front of us, the first instinct that we're going to want to do is to get off the exit and try to navigate our own way around it. But I think that looks like responding in sin. I think taking that exit is where the enemy wants to get you. He wants to get you off of God's plan for your life, his path for your life, and try to steal, kill, and destroy any hope that you have. But if we read, we know that God gave us Jesus so that he can give us a life in life abundantly, and whenever Jesus came, he said we could weather that storm. We can go through it, not having to deviate and make our own plans, but trusting in the Lord that he's gonna guide us through every circumstance. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew 7. And while you turn to Matthew 7, I want you, uh, I'm gonna give you a little bit of context, but if you have your phone, um, if you go to the Version Bible app and the, go to the events page, you'll see tonight's uh, notes in there as well. But a little bit of context, Jesus is concluding his famous Sermon on the Mount. In his Sermon on the Mount, he taught on so many different topics, but here's how some would summarize it in a sentence. They would say, Jesus taught on how to live free, live a life that is dedicated to and pleasing God, free from hypocrisy, full of love and grace, and full of wisdom and discernment. Again, he's concluding his Sermon on the Mount, starting in verse 24. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follow it is is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain came in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the wind beat against that house, it won't collapse because it was built on bedrock. 
But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is foolish like a person who builds their house on sand. When the rains and floods came, the wind beat against the house. It will collapse with a mighty crash. The Bible then says that uh, people were amazed because Jesus taught with such authority, not like the scribes, because he was the son of God. But I imagine it like this. It's a beautiful day, similar to what we had here in Springfield. We're all just sitting on a nice hill. There's a bunch of people, and we're just mesmerized by these teachings that Jesus is teaching right in front of us. He's teaching us how to live free from hypocrisy, how to please the Father. And then he gets to this passage, and someone's just memorized, and then it clicks with them. That says, no matter when the rain came and the winds blew, twice, no matter the location. The first thing I want to point out is no matter the location you build your house, storms are inevitable. That whenever we build our house, whether it's on a firm rock or on the sand, the promise is that we're going to go through things that beat us up, that try to get us to crash. So what we build on matters. But the second thing we see from this is that the storm exposes our foundation. When life shakes us up, it exposes our foundation to see where there's a right way to build and a wrong way. It says that one stood up straight, tall weathered the storm, and one crashed. Or when man says, when it rains, you find where the leaks are. And if we build our lives on sand, which means nothing solid, when storms come, we're going to fall fast. And we're going to fall hard not knowing where to look for, where to find hope, where to find peace, where to find light, where to find guidance in those situations. But as we read, if we listen to the teachings of Jesus and we obey them and we do them, it's like building a life on him. So that whenever the rains and the wind beat against us, whenever that storm comes head on to us, we won't be crushed. We'll still be standing, weather the storm even stronger than we were before. What we build on matters because whenever life rocks us to our core, it's going to give us an opportunity to stay grounded in our faith or respond in a way that's going to eventually lead to death. And whenever I look back on my young adult years, I don't want to say that, man, whenever this storm came, I tried to deviate and do my own thing. Whenever I see a storm in life and when I think back to my young adult years, I want to say, man, I saw God through that situation. I want to say that I saw him with my own eyes trying to go through the storm, that he was trying to guide me, and that I built my life on Jesus. I think three things we want to know whenever we're going through the storm. We're going to want to know what I'm built on, what path I'm on, and where my destination is. And if we make Christ our foundation, if we build our life on his teachings and on his word, It will answer these three questions. So what I want to answer tonight is whenever life rocks us to our core, whenever everything around us is shaken, how do we build our lives on Jesus? The first idea that I have is stay tethered to God's word. The word tethered can be defined as a tie with a rope or a chain so it restricts movement. The reason why I say tethered is we have to be tight on that thing. We have to stay on that rope so that whenever storms come, we're not moving. We're not trying to find the exit but we're going to let the God's word guide us through life. Psalm 1 says, Oh, the joys, or blessed is he who does not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but delights in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. We see here in this passage that the one that delights in the word of the Lord, the one that is tethered to God's word, is going to be grounded and rooted no matter what season they're going through. They could be going through a good season, 
They could be going through a bad season. It could be ugly or it could be hard. No matter what season, if they're tethered to God's word, it says that they're planted along tr- like trees along the riverbank. And I firmly believe and we believe here that God speaks through his word and that his word speaks through all life circumstances. The thing that's gonna be our foundation in life whenever everything around is shaken and life shakes us to our core is the word of God. And if we wanna build our lives on Jesus, this is why intimacy with God is so important. Last week, we had Ben speak on it. We have to know God's word not only on a head level, but on a heart level, because that's gonna be the thing that guides us through the storm. Later on in Psalms, there's a chapter, Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, and it's a Hebrew poem about how good God's word is. And almost every single verse within that chapter depicts the importance and the value of his word. But in verse 105, it says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Whenever we can't see straight because there's a storm coming head on at us, the thing that's gonna light our steps is God's word. God's word's gonna guide us through that situation whenever we spend time with him, whenever we get to know it within our hearts. Whenever we commit to knowing God's word, it's gonna guide us through the storm. That's the first thing to building our life on Jesus. The next thing I wanna look at is how to build our lives on Jesus is we have to have a perspective change. In the book of James, uh, James is writing to a group of Jewish believers who went all in on Jesus. They're sold out, they wanna be followers of him no matter what the cost is. But sadly, they started experiencing some persecution in the early church. So James is writing to encourage him, and he says this. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For we know that whenever your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now notice again, James says not if troubles of any kind come your way. He says, when troubles of any kind come your way. Again, storms of life, they're inevitable. They're gonna come, they're gonna hit you head on. But we can change our perspective and our outlook on these situations, why? Because God is taking these life situations and using them to grow as he's using them to make us more complete like his son, Jesus. That's what he means whenever he says, that's when you know your faith is tested and your, cha- and your endurance has a chance to grow. It's so important that we change our perspective and our outlook because those two things are gonna determine the outcome of any situation we go through. If our perspective and outlook use it as an opportunity to grow our faith and build endurance, we'll find joy no matter what the battle is, no matter what we're going through. We're gonna see the joy because we're gonna grow through that situation. And if our perspective and outlook does not reflect it, if it's the opposite of viewing it as an opportunity to grow, it's gonna be a hard season. That storm of life is gonna maybe crush us. It's gonna look so difficult that we're not gonna see any light at the end of the tunnel. But we can be confident that God's working within us, that he has not abandoned us, because he's using these storms of life that we're all promised to face to grow us into our end goal. God has an end goal of a, for us, and one of the ways he is getting us to those end goals is by taking us through these life situations. We can find joy in every single life situation that we have because God is working within us to make us perfect and completely need nothing. As I get to this last point, the last point I want to stay, and I'm going to be in here for a minute, it says I want to remember the hope that we have in Christ, but also share it. In 2 Corinthians, Paul's writing to this group, and he's writing about how we're like these fragile clay jars that have a great treasure inside of it. Starting in verse 8, he says, we're pressed on every side by trouble, 
but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, we're confused, we don't understand why all these things are going on in life, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Now, if you're in the room and you have a faith in you, you have a relationship with Jesus, you believe in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, you have a hope. That hope is that your sins are forgiven, they're removed as far as the east is from the west, and that your future is heaven. That you know that God's working within you to make you perfect and completely nothing, and that whenever we go through these storms, we're not gonna be crushed, and if we build our lives on Jesus, we're gonna still be standing. That's a beautiful picture that we see in this verse, and although there's pressure in our lives, we are not crushed down. We're not driven to despair, we're not destroyed, we're not abandoned by God. He's guiding us through life, through his word, changing our perspective, giving us the hope of his son, Jesus Christ. But there's, there's, a, second, there's a second aspect of this point, that we have the hope that we are one day gonna be with Jesus, weathering these storms, that heaven is gonna be a great place that we are promised that on here on earth is as bad as it's gonna get. But here's the thing, there's so many people around us in our lives that are going through the same storms we are that have no hope. They don't know where to look to. They're, they're willing to find anything just to put their feet on something to stand firm on for whenever this comes their way. And in verse 10 it says, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also it may be seen in our bodies. There are people in life that feel they are crushed by their situation, that the storm they're going through has driven them to despair. They feel destroyed, and sadly, they feel abandoned. They feel like no one else is going. They feel isolated. And we as believers have the opportunity, the beautiful opportunity, to share the same hope that we have in Christ with them. When life rocks people the most, they are looking for light. Like I said, no matter what the cost is, and as believers, we can share this hope with them, that there is a good God in heaven that wants to give them hope through their son, Jesus Christ. I think so many times that's how really evil situations come in through the world, is through life situations coming at them and people that have no hope. People that have no hope are gonna continue to respond in sin, letting that, following the enemy's path down a very dangerous path to death. And as we build our lives on Jesus, we're gonna see so many people in life that are going through life that have no hope, that are not built on any single foundation. And again, as believers, our foundation helps us stand firm whenever storms come and share that hope that we have. And again, I think so many times whenever we face these storms, no matter what they are, it gives us an opportunity to either stay grounded in our faith or respond and sin, but if we build our lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ, we're gonna be able to weather every storm no matter what the cost is. Like I said earlier, I found out back in 2021 that my grandpa was sick. I got a call from him saying that he had liver cancer, and that just shook me up. I didn't, wanna, I didn't really wanna talk about it with anybody. It just brought me more sadness. I was angry. I think it's so hard whenever we lose somebody because that's a direct indication that we're about to go through a storm. But during that storm, it was a long process. He didn't, and so many times I also think that we think storms are going to get better. That we have the, the mindset that maybe the storm's going to start bad. We're going to find light at the end of the tunnel. Everything's going to get better. He's going to be healed. But this situation was very different. Um, the storm didn't get better. In fact, he passed away. 
And so many times we go through life, whenever we see that our storm doesn't get better, that also promotes the opportunity to just abandon God, to get mad at God and see why is he not working. So whenever we build our lives on Jesus, though, whenever I start that step to say, I'm going to build my life on Jesus during the storm, that no matter what happens in the situation, I'm going to try to see God and find God in every situation. Once I started being tethered to his word and read passages like Psalm 23, that I have a shepherd that's guiding my soul through the high points of life and the low points. That through the valley, I have a shepherd that's gonna lead me and let me catch my breath and lead me beside still waters. That gave me a hope. I was then able to change my perspective as to woe is me, why do I have to go through this? To get to realize that one day I'm gonna get to minister to someone that's losing a family member. I didn't realize that would just be not even a week later when my wife lost her uncle. That once I realized that I can have the perspective change to grow from this, that I don't have to let my circumstance define me or my situation or the storm define me, but use it as an opportunity to grow in my faith, to see Jesus in every circumstance, I was able to start building my life on Jesus. And lastly, I was able to remember my hope that this is as bad as it's gonna get here on earth, that I'm promised a future in heaven for the forgiveness of my sins and where there's not gonna be no more death, no more sorrow, no more tears, all these beautiful things that I can't wait for. But I was also able to remember the hope my grandpa had. Now, because of his sickness, he got really weak, really frail, really small. And it's hard, it's hard to see someone you love go through that. That was a very big storm that shook me to my core but I remembered that he had a relationship with Jesus for his sins. And whenever he seemed crushed down, he actually had a hope. He wasn't driven to despair because he couldn't use anything of his motor skills anymore. He actually was looking forward to heaven whenever he was gonna be perfect and complete, needing nothing. He was able to share with me right before he left this earth that Jesus is the one thing that you have to make the center of your life. Because if you walk with him and you build your life on him, you're gonna see the fruit from it way down the road. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?